This WBEZ Tech Shift podcast is supported by the University of Chicago Booth School of Business's 63rd Annual Management Conference, Friday, May 15th, a half day featuring faculty member and author Professor Richard H. Thaler. More at chicagobooth.edu slash managementconference. Uber's looking for some good maps. Mayor Emanuel wants a great app. And Recode hires a unicorn reporter. That is for real. This is TechShift Week in Review. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Our panelists today are Waylon Wong. She's a senior editor for The Distance Magazine. And Justin Massa, who's the founder and president of Chicago company Food Genius. Justin, Waylon, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks so much. Justin, before we get started, you should tell us what Food Genius does. Sure. Remind everybody who hasn't heard you on here before. No problem. We're a technology company that provides data and analytics into the food service industry. And speaking of data analytics, the first story we were going to talk about is something that Uber is desperately in need of, which is a good mapping service. Waylon, you want to tell us about that story? Actually, kind of broke last night or this morning. Sure. So Uber is reportedly in the bidding for Here, which is Nokia's digital mapping service. And in Chicago, you might know Here better as Navtech. Navtech is a Chicago tech company that was acquired for $8 billion by Nokia back in 2008. Nokia renamed it Here. And it's the biggest competitor to Google Maps. So in digital mapping services, you have Google Maps and you have Here. And so it's a very important tech story in Chicago. They employ 1,300 people in the West Loop, and they have something like, um, I think, 80% of the global market for in-car navigation services. Wow. And so the interesting thing is who's going up against Uber is like a different group of particularly German car companies. And so I wonder, Justin, does that seem really intimidating for Uber to go up against like Mercedes-Benz and Volkswagen and all of these other people who I feel like maybe have a few more resources in terms of a bid for a map company? So if this were any company other than Uber, I would say yes. Um, But knowing the personalities and the leadership there, um, I don't think they're intimidated by anything. All right. Well, we will see how that one lays out. And let's just stay with Uber for a minute because this is somewhat related. Mayor Emanuel this week saying he wants a universal Chicago taxi app and opens up this bid. I have to say... In the question of will this make taxis more competitive, essentially he wants an app that will make basically how you summon an Uber or Lyft or other ride-sharing car, however you want to use, whatever service you want to use, do that for Chicago taxis. Now, there is an app that exists, Curb. Waylon, I don't know if you're a big fan of Curbed. I've used it actually a couple of times only because I have great sympathy for people who live in areas where it's hard to get a cab because this happens every day at Navy Pier. Cabs never want to come down to this end of the pier. That's why I use all of these different apps because even when you call them, they won't come. It's astonishing even given all the tourists here that it would be so hard to get a cab. They don't want to come to this end of the pier. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they And even if you call them, they won't come down. <laughs> so you can walk all the way up to the top of the pier. I, used, I have used Curb. Um, I use it instead of Uber now. It's worked fine. I found definitely some hesitation on the part of drivers who seem very skittish about it. There's been a couple of cases where I've been literally the first curb customer to get in their car. So they don't seem to believe that it works. They don't and believe that you're actually going to pay them. Yeah. And so they have I've tried to get out of the car and they've said, no, 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 sit here, sit here. And I just sit there awkwardly while they stare at their screen and wait for the payment confirmation to come through. As I'm trying to show it on my smartphone, you know, look, look, no, I paid, I paid. And so it's been a little awkward. I can only imagine what it would be like to introduce a brand new app for this. And Justin, who do you, do you who do you think would be the best person to bid on this? So I would be floored if Uber doesn't bid on this. I mean, you know, I, they definitely have kind of this Anrand uh, kind of free 
market philosophy behind them. Um, they're also incredibly opportunistic. And I think if they have an opportunity to lock up an entire market, I don't see why they wouldn't go after it. Um, I think it's a great idea. I think marketing, it's going to be hard. But you know, if Uber can come in and have every single taxi have to use the system, I think that's something they would probably want to do. Waylon, do you have confidence in a city of Chicago bid process for developing an app? Not to sound like a jerk, but not really, you know. <laughs> and I actually, like a big nerd, took a gander through the RFP and just looked at, you know, what the city wants. And they want, you know, the company that does this has to offer training to all licensed drivers at no cost to the city. They have to make sure all participating drivers have working smartphones and tablets and data plans. The app has to allow for advanced, advanced requests, not just real-time ones. There's a huge list of requirements, all of which sound great, you know, sounds like it's going to be a magical app if it all works right. But I mean, the kind of technical and logistical challenges to providing this, I think, are pretty big. Justin, I wonder how you think about this, right? Because you're on the data and analytics side with Food Genius. I, oftentimes people think, and I kind of feel like if there's a theme to this tech shift we can review, it's about expectations people have of technology with matching up with the result of it. And do you think in this case this is a realistic ask by the mayor, given the current state of taxis in Chicago? So in terms of kind of the back-end technology, this is a very solvable problem. Um, there's a slew of companies, you know, whether it's moving people or groceries or food for dinner or goods. Uh, there's a lot of people who have figured out kind of how to move something from point A to point B inside of a market. Um, and kind of the features of the app, they are challenging, but certainly not impossible. Um, I think the, the flip side of it is, you know, Uber is really powerful because of the network effects that it has. And I mean, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but it, it's grown the overall size of the local transportation market in San Francisco, which is the first city where it launched. Um, so I, I think it's the, put short, I think the technology is relatively straightforward. Um, I think the actual kind of network effects and marketing of a service like this are the really hard part. Mm-hmm. And that said, uh, last week we also saw the launch of Uber Food. I wonder how you see that changing the food industry and what you do. Yeah, so there is a fascinating, uh, lack of a better way of saying it, kind of arms race of who can move food within a market from point A to point B the fastest and the cheapest. Um, you know, on top of that, you've got uh, McDonald's and Chipotle announcing a partnership with Postmates. Um, you've got Instacart delivering Whole Foods. Um, DoorDash just raised $40 million. Grubhub just bought two local delivery companies. Um, it has been an incredibly fascinating thing to watch over the last few months. Waylon, I wonder if you think about this when we think about Uber and Google and kind of maybe the point of driverless cars is to create a distribution system. Do you think that Uber may be moving that way too? Yeah, I think Uber is a logistics company or it's turning into one. And I think there might come a time in a few years when we say, do you remember when we only used to use Uber for getting a ride somewhere? Because Uber now has this incredible network it's developed and all the back-end technology to kind of dispatch these drivers where or driverless cars maybe in the future where – they can pick up and bring you anything, really, anything that can fit in a car, right? And speaking of the future, I was going to move to our next story, which is Oculus uh, to ship next year. Who wants to explain Oculus? Waylon, I'm going to, Waylon, now you guys are pointing at each other. Justin, you want to explain it? So I haven't had the privilege of wearing one. I've watched others wear them for a fun game that I played once. Um, So it's a set of goggles. You put them on your head and it puts you in kind of an immersive virtual world. 
Um, there's accelerometers in them. So kind of as you move your head, the world in front of you is changing. Um, makes some people really seasick. Well, well that's um, the interesting thing because the early version is like this motion sickness. Isn't something you think would be a problem in virtual reality or when people are in virtual reality? Yeah, I think for some it's kind of that uh, uncanny valley where it's just too real and your brain has trouble reconciling what your eyes are seeing with what your ears are experiencing. Waylon, you're nodding. This has happened to you. I get motion sick from everything, including 3D glasses, you know, even the kind you just get at the movie theater for watching a kid's movie. Um, so I think it's, it's safe to say I will not be an early adopter of Oculus. <laughs> okay. I would just be fainting. I would just be falling down. Well, and I think this raises the other question, though, about when we think like virtual reality seems like something that why don't we have this now? But then I think when you think about the notion of people who have motion sickness and sort of other real life issues, it does explain a little bit of why this technology has been so difficult to develop. Yeah, it's been a long time in the making. And what I think is interesting is, you know, Oculus is going to be first to market. I think it ships early next year. Mm -hmm. Um, The HoloLens from Microsoft, uh, they've just started shipping units of developers. Um, Unlike Oculus, that kind of positions things in the real world in front of you. So, you know, you kind of imagine that there is a mug on the table, even though there isn't one there. Um, And then the one that I don't know if you all have seen the videos for it, they're kind of mind-blowing, is Magic Eye. Um, a company that's raised half a billion dollars, has no product in market. Um, But instead of glasses, it actually projects the image onto your retina. Um, If you want to see something really crazy, just search for the video demos of Magic Eye. All right, we've got to do that. All right, we're going to do that right now. I'm going to have the producers do that and tweet out the links for Magic Eye because I bet everyone who's listening might want to see that. Let's go from virtual reality to unicorns. Waylon, do you want to explain why Recode has hired a unicorn beat reporter? Sure. So Recode, for those of you who don't know, is a tech media site and company run by Kara Swisher and Walt Mossberg, formerly of the Wall Street Journal. And they just hired a unicorn beat reporter. When a unicorn is is um, a tech company that is valued at at least a billion dollars. So this elite club includes Airbnb, Dropbox, Uber, which we've been talking about all segment long, Slack, even I think Warby Parker joined their ranks just recently. So it's this kind of very special group of companies that for some people I think represent the impending bubble in tech and maybe some excess froth, et cetera. But it's certainly um, kind of a group worth studying. I'm afraid that's all the time we have for, but that's Waylon Wong. She's a senior editor at The Distance. Thanks also to Justin Massa, who's the founder and president of Food Genius, for joining us on our Tech Shift Week in Review. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you.